Parashas Nitzavim starts by telling us that Moshe gathered all of the Jewish people together and told them, you stand today before Hashem. The question is, why did he gather them together? And why does he use such an unusual expression? You are standing Nitzavim. There are other words in Hebrew that could also mean standing. And what day is today? Rashi is going to give us three different perspectives on this. We're going to wonder, why do we need all three? Why does Rashi give us one perspective and then wait a while before giving us the other two and any time that Rashi gives more than one interpretation on the Pasuk, usually the first one is the closest to the Pshat, but still lacking something. And then in order, in chronological order of appearance, we'll tell you which one is weaker than the next. And we need to understand why. Rashi comments on the words that say, you stand, the Jewish people. And the words are, but he comments on Atem Nitzavim. He teaches us, What it's telling us is, Moshe gathered all of the Yidden together on the day that he was going to pass away in order to make a covenant between them and Hashem. Now, straight away, you should ask yourself the question. He's telling us, apparently, what the Pasuk has already told us. It doesn't seem to make sense. What exactly is Rashi telling us that we didn't already know by saying, by saying that he brought everybody together in order to facilitate this covenant? Isn't that exactly what the Pasuk said? The Pasuk said, You're all standing here today in order to go into this covenant with Hashem. So why is he telling us that it's lachnisam to bring them into a covenant when the pasuk said it's laavuchabervis to make a covenant? So some commentaries want to say actually what Rashi is highlighting over here is the fact that Moshe brought them all together. So the emphasis is on the word gathering more than the word covenant. But we're going to see that the Rebbe is not satisfied with that explanation. Yes, some suggest when Rashi says that this is coming to teach us that he gathered the Eden together Rashi is not telling us what was already stated in the Pasuk that it's for the purpose of a covenant rather Rashi is illustrating the emphasis on the fact that Moshe gathered everybody together because the Pasuk just says that you stand here before Hashem. And you may read that Pasuk and not think that Moshe necessarily gathered everybody into a single place. You would have thought that they were in their normal encampment in the various 12 spots that they had around the Aaron and around the oil moid. And therefore Rashi is coming to tell us according to these Mephoshim. That what is special about this gathering is that Moshe got everybody together into one place. And where's the one place? So to speak in front of Hashem in order that they should enter a covenant. And if we're going to go with this understanding, as Rashi himself points out, the way that a bris happens, he's got to move things or move people from place to place. So Moshe would have moved everybody into a congregation and then made the covenant with them. However, the Rebbe asks three questions on this thinking. Because if we're going to go with that logic, number one, well then Rashi shouldn't have just used the words he should have included the words because Rashi's compulsion, why does he say that they were all gathered together? Because it's for the purpose of entering a covenant. So he should have alluded to that and used those words in his headline. Number two, 
He shouldn't have used the word lachnisam, which means to congregate. He should have used language that was more similar to what the Torah says, which is to bring them over into the covenant. That that's the way, in fact, that we know that he gathered them all together because a bris has to be movement from place to place. So why doesn't Rashi use language that is similar to the Pasuk? And Gimel, the fact that Rashi uses the expression where he says that Moshe brought them together so they could enter this covenant with Hashem, that tells us that Rashi's real interest over here is to say this Nitzavim is for the purpose of a covenant. And Rashi's emphasis is not to tell us, wow, he brought everybody together, because then he didn't have to repeat the words. So the suggestion that what Rashi is really trying to tell us is, you may not have realized that it was a big congregation of everybody together, doesn't seem to be a good enough explanation. So we're back to square one. Why is Rashi telling us what the Pasuk has already told us, that this gathering is for the purpose of a bris? Now, before we can answer that, we're going to skip ahead a little bit, and we're going to see that Rashi comments again on this topic, but after he's already explained other things from other words in the psukim that follow this particular topic. So, a little bit later in Rashi, after Rashi has given all of the interpretation that is relevant till the point of saying, the purpose over here is to establish you as Hashem's people and He as your God. Then Rashi comes back to our Pasuk and gives two different perspectives. Number one, he tells us a Medrash Agoda, that there's a Medrash which says, Why is Atem Nitzavim straight after Pasha's Kisavoy, which has all the horrible curses? Because they didn't heard almost a hundred curses. And they started to feel terrible. Their, their faces literally went discolored. So Moshe wanted to comfort and to reassure them. Don't worry, you're standing, you're firm. Basically, what he says is you've gone through all of this difficulty and all of the the so-called curses, and you'll still remain strong. You'll still be standing in front of Hashem. So that's the first explanation that he gives later on about Nitzavim. And then he says something else. That Why does it say that you're standing Hayoim? He says, just like the day is something which is reliable, it's always going to be there, it's going to go through its dark and light periods, but it will always be there. You too. And then he says, a third explanation. So the first explanation was right in the beginning, our Pasuk that we're looking at, where he says it's to bring you into a covenant. Second explanation was the Medrash that says that all of this is to reassure the Jewish people, don't worry, you'll survive, you'll be good, you're Nitzavim, not only Nitzavim, but like the day that is always guaranteed. And then he gives a third interpretation. Third interpretation. Ah, Tem Nitzavim, why does he say this, that you're standing now before God? Because they were about to change hands from one leader to another. Therefore, he gave them the strength like a pillar because, you know how it is, anytime there's a transition, a person could feel a little bit uneasy. And so, therefore, he gave them the strength of saying, don't worry, you'll, you'll be fine, everything will be good. So, we have to understand any time that Rashi gives multiple interpretations of a Pasuk, it's going to raise questions for us. In this case, we're going to ask the following. Number one, 
what was wrong with the first explanation saying, you're gathering together in order to make a covenant with Hashem. Why was that not good enough that now Rashi is looking elsewhere? And Rashi, whose primary interest is in teaching us the pshat, simple understanding of the Pasuk, why is he digging into a medrash? And especially if you consider that Rashi introduces this by saying, okay, so far I've explained everything according to Pshat. And then he says, and now I'm going to give you a Medrash, which is not Rashi's style. And then, even that second explanation lands up not being sufficient. He says, I'll give you a third explanation. Why? Well, what's missing up here? What are we missing? Following the same principle, but looking from a different angle. There's another thing we have to consider anytime you have multiple uh, explanations in Rashi, and that is, we've explained multiple times, says the Rebbe, that whenever Rashi offers more than one interpretation, the first interpretation is the most important. And if there's now a second and a third explanation, the second explanation is closer to the simple understanding of the Pasuk, and then the third. So therefore, we need to analyze in our case. Why is the third explanation that Rashi offers, that there's a transfer of power now from Moshe to Yoshua, why is that less pshat than the one of the Medrash that says, don't worry, after all the clawless, you are all fine. Bayes, another question. This is, of course, the question that should have stirred us right at the beginning. Why is Rashi commenting on Atem Nitzavim Hayoim, two of the three interpretations, only after telling us interpretations of other words in the Psukim? Why did he wait so long? And he doesn't say it straight away at the first opportunity. Here are three explanations. The fact that he delays two of them, that proves to us, that indicates that those two interpretations are not locked only into the words must be that these two explanations give insight into everything that was discussed in the Torah from Atem Nitzavim until the Man Hakim means we have to broaden our view a little bit. We're not just interpreting what Nitzavim means and we're not just interpreting what Hayoy means. Rashi alluded to this. He says, up until now, I've explained the section according to Pshat, and now I'll give you the Medrash, implying on the section. That indicates that this Medrash is going to throw a new light on everything we've learned in this parasha until now, not just the words, although the Medrash seems to be addressing those words. And what's interesting is, it is interesting that Rashi is telling us on the one end, alluding to the fact that this Medrash will shed light on everything, but then he doesn't unpack it step by step, segment by segment. That doesn't make sense. If in fact, as Rashi implies, all of the Psukim are now going to be interpreted differently, why, in fact, does Rashi only tell us how it relates to that word, Hayoim? You've indicated that it applies to everything, and then you're only spelling it out for us in one word. 
Why? So Habir, but that explanation works like this. The fact that Rashi specifically used the words that Atim Nitzavim means Moshe gathered all of the Jews together and he uses the word and he did not use the word to transfer them into a covenant which is language from the Pasuk Move on that tells us that is not just simply explaining the words of that pasuk atem nitzavim. Because as we asked right at the beginning, but the pasuk already tells us. The pasuk already tells us that they are entering a covenant. We have to conclude that Rashi wants to tell us other information we would not have necessarily realized that are embedded, that is embedded inside Atem Nitzav Mayor. Okay, what, what do we mean by that? There's, there's obviously another layer here, right? There's another degree of understanding we need to know what it is. So, Bepashtas. Bepashtas Atem Nitzav Mayor Kulchem. If you take it at face value, this section that says you are all standing here before Hashem is Behemshech Lasefa Parsha Hakidemes. Logically, must follow from what happened just before. In other words, the end of Parshas Kisavoy. So, even though Rashi is talking about the Klolois in the second interpretation, at the Pshat level, Atem Nitzavim follows from what was said at the end of Parshas Kisavoy, the parasha immediately, the paragraph immediately before this. And that's going to make us think, or might have made us think, of the entire assembly in the, an incorrect way. So, Rashi has to clarify for us, because actually, if you look back at Parshas Kisavoy, there's also an assembly. What does it say there? Vayikra Moshe al-Kol Yisrael. Moshe called all of the Yidin. Vayoyim alem atarisa And he says to them, you have seen all the great miracles that Hashem has done for you. And up until this point in time, you haven't had the insight and knowledge to really know what to do with it. Now that I remember that in Parashas Kisavai, Moshe called and gathered the people. And I don't see any evidence anywhere since then that he called them a second time and gathered them a second time, then you would have expected that our parasha should start with Moshe calling the Jews and gathering them again. The fact that it doesn't do that, then you want to explain, now we're starting to think about the whole thing differently. One second. So in the previous parasha, when Moshe gathered all of the people together, when he called them together, why did he gather them then? Obviously to tell them the information that the parasha describes them, which is, you've seen all the miracles, all the great Trials that you went through. Why? As a reminder and encouragement that you should keep mitzvahs. What was the purpose of gathering the Jews together in the previous parasha? To encourage them to dedication to Hashem. And then, kind of as a follow-on from that, we get to our parasha. So that's how you'd think it runs. <clears throat> you'd think that last week's passion, the main thing, the main reason Moshe gathered the people was to remind them about how important it is to do Torah Mitzvahs and the debt of gratitude that we owe God. And then he said, oh, and also Atim Nitzvah. Rashi turns the entire perspective on its head. Says, let's go right back to the beginning and see it differently. 
Melameda comes to teach us. From the fact that our parasha uses the words, you stand with strength before Hashem today. On a we learn from that, that teaches us that Moshe gathered the Yidden, first of all, before Hashem, in front of Hashem, second of all, in order to enter a covenant. Rashi's highlighting this gathering is not simply because Moshe had a message personally to tell them, as we see in the end of Parashas Tavoy. Rather, Moshe was getting them in front of Hashem to create, as the intercessor, to create a covenant between Hashem and the Yidden. Now, there are a few different elements of what Rashi sees in the Pasuk, and you'll even see it in Rashi's wording, that forces him to make this conclusion. That you thought, Parashat Kisavit, that was the great assembly, and it's for the purpose of getting people to do mitzvahs. Turns out that the great assembly is actually to bring the Yidden in front of Hashem to make a covenant. There are three ways we can prove this. Number one, First of all, Atem Nitzavim seems misplaced chronologically. You already told me in the previous part that Moshe gathered everybody together. That tells me that all the Jews are assembled. So Moshe should have back then, he should have said, Atem Nitzavim. Now you're all assembled. Okay, you're standing. And if there's any reason why he has to highlight Atem Nitzavim because it's Lifnei Hashem, not just in front of me and in front of Hashem, and that's why Dafka wants to say it here rather than in Pashas Kisavoy. So there should have been at least some linkage. Don't you think it's logical? Gather everybody together and then tell them, remember all the great miracles that you saw and you should be dedicated to Hashem and and you stand in front of Hashem to make a covenant. That would have been a good flow. That's the first thing that alerts Rashi to the fact that the Torah almost seems to distinguish our parasha from the end of Kisavai without the Vav HaMosif, without the conjunction that seems to indicate that there's something else we have to learn from Vatim Nitzavim. There's another kind of gathering happening over here. First piece of evidence. Second piece of evidence, base. The fact over here is that this parasha says that you gather before Hashem. If this was a simple flow from the previous parasha, in the previous parasha, they were gathered in front of Moshe. Moshe called them to speak to them. This is also making a break between what happened and was described then and what is being described now. And thirdly, also it says you're standing here today. This today refers to Moshe's last day as leader of the Jewish people before he passes away. Because how do we know that? Look at the end of Pashas Kisove. What does Moshe tell the people? That Hashem hasn't given you a truly understanding heart and eyes to see until today. At the end of Pashas Kisove, when it says that, that you haven't had this wisdom and insight until today, Rashi identifies that this statement occurred at the time that he gave a Sefer Torah to Shevet Levi, which is described in Pashas Moisa, which is on the day that Moisha passed away. And we know that Nitzavim and Vayelech is really one continuum. So, 
something doesn't add up over here. Ha yoim refers to the day of Moshe passing away. If you tell me that it's one assembly and the purpose of that assembly is to encourage the Jews to keep Torah mitzvahs, why wait? Why on earth would Moshe Rabbeinu wait until the day that he's about to pass away? Surely he would have encouraged him to keep Torah mitzvahs as early as possible. We know that Mishnah Torah began on Rosh Chodesh Shvat. Moshe Rabbeinu only passed away on Zion Adar. So you can wait till Zion Adar and only then tell him, oh, by the way, you should really be strong in your Torah mitzvahs. Doesn't make sense. He should have said that right from the beginning. So therefore, these three pieces of evidence indicate to us that all illustrates us that it's not what we thought. We thought that in Pasha's Kisove there was an assembly for the purpose of strengthening Torah mitzvahs. And now in Nitzavim, there's a new assembly for the purpose of taking, making a covenant with Hashem. The truth is that the emphasis is on this assembly and this content. This is what Rashi is telling us. This is his Chiddush, that already in Parshas Kisovoi, when Moshe gathered the Jews together, it was not simply to encourage them to keep Torah mitzvahs, it was to prepare for this covenant with Hashem. Seeing as Rashi already will explain to us that the key time they need to know about this covenant will apply once they cross the Yarden and go into Eretz Yisrael. So that's why that's why Moshe delayed until the last day that he had with the people. So it should be as current for them, as relevant for them as possible. They're about to go across the yard and now's the time to make the bris. Okay, so what's Rashi saying to us really clearly over here? What's the Chiddush? Lachnison bevris means the entire conversation from the end of Pasha Stavoy was all moving in this direction to gather the to make this covenant with them to prepare them to go into Eretz Yisrael. Based on that, that is a continuum from the original time that Moshe called the Yidden together, but there are significant differences. But on the other hand, that also illustrates for us that the whole reason that they're coming together is to be able to stand before Hashem and enter this covenant. Which effectively indicates to us that all the other details about Hamasis and all the things that you saw and the fact that you should commit to Torah Mitzvah is actually parenthetical. Really, it's to say In the meantime, he also told him, Oh, by the way, remember all these things that you had all these miracles and therefore you should be connected. And it's not just by the way, because it's actually a preparation for where he's going with the bris. So once we see the flow from the end of Pasha's Hisova and the beginning of Nitzavim, Rashi, that actually helps us understand why there are two other issues that seem to be glaring in the simple understanding of the Pasuk, and yet Rashi doesn't tackle them. Aleph. Here it says, Everybody from top to bottom, including little children. Now, we have no precedent anywhere in the Torah that Moshe would insist that children have to come to the communal gatherings. 
In fact, just to highlight further, next week's parasha, where we have the unique mitzvah that on a hakel year, you've got to gather together the men, women, and the children. There Rashi explains it. Why are the children here? To give rewards to those who had to have the difficulty, anybody who has children would know this, of getting them to the place and to be able to behave, etc. The fact that Rashi mentions it there, that you bring the children in order to get extra merit for having brought the children, is obviously not relevant here. Because then Rashi would have said it here. Again, Rashi's logic is always tackle something the very first time that it comes up. And then you'll know it for later. So the very first time that it comes up that you include the children is here in its of him. Here's where Rashi should have said, if it was relevant, that you bring the children in order to get merit. Rashi will never not explain something now, relying on the fact that it's going to be discussed later. Ah, you're going to say, You'll say, but obviously the children had to be here. Hashem's going to make a covenant with the Yidden. Who should be left out? You want to leave the children out of the covenant? The covenant's with everybody. But if you think about it and you know that this gathering described in Pashas Nitzavim actually began at the end of Pashas Kisovai, then that indicates that the youngsters were there right from the start, when Moshe said things like, and you've got to keep the mitzvahs. Children are not bound by their obligations to fulfill mitzvahs. They're not yet old enough to have to do mitzvahs. So that should have been a glaring question. Why are the kids here. They're not here to give you merit. They're not here just simply because of the covenant. Why are they here at a time that you're calling for everybody to dedicate themselves to mitzvah observance? But now that we understand that Rashi says it's not a segmented conversation or a segmented assembly, it's one assembly from start to, for, to, to finish, which happens to have an introductory statement about keeping mitzvahs. Right from the beginning, in the end of Pasha Sove, where Moshe called the end together, initially it was for the purpose of taking them into this covenant. Then you understand what the kids are there right from the beginning. Why are the yin gathering together to enter the covenant? And all the conversation around, you've seen the miracles and now you have to do the mitzvahs, it's just build up. But the gathering is for the bris. And if the gathering is for the bris, no Jew should be left behind. First thing that makes that, that, that is clarified that Rashi doesn't even have to address. Because he's dealt with it indirectly. Second thing. Usually when you ask somebody to do something, you give somebody a responsibility, you've got to contextualize it. When you give somebody a task, especially when that task is associated with a, an, an oath, then you have to, you owe it to them to give some words of introduction, some kind of context. You don't walk up to somebody and say, swear that you're going to do X without any background. In our context, 
Why were the Yidden coming to stand before Hashem at this point? To enter a covenant, which is which means that every single Yid had to make an oath or commit to the covenant. And every single Jew had to be involved, including Jews who were very different and maybe even opposite to each other. So where's the intro? Moshe, get everybody together. Different kinds of people, different headspaces, different levels of commitment, and expect that they're all going to commit themselves to Hashem? <laughs> Where's the intro? And this question would be relevant whether we think that the introduction of Pashas Kisava is just to, uh, you know, once you realize all these miracles, obviously you should be committed. And it certainly is a question if we take Atem Ritzavim as being unrelated to Pashas Kisavim. But Rashi helped us with that. When Rashi tells us that all already in Pashas Kisavim, they were preparing themselves for this moment to enter the covenant with Hashem. Move on, and then it makes sense. Then he did give context and he did give them a background and he did introduce the topic by saying, remember all the great miracles, remember the wonderful things you've seen and the great tribulations you've been through. So what's lacking in this interpretation? Because now we get it. Rashi is explaining to us the flow and the context of the whole section from the end of Pasha's Kisavai till now. Why does he have to go now find other explanations? Question is, why then would the Torah use a pretty unusual expression, Nitzavim? It's not like it never appears in Torah, but it's not common. If we go with what Rashi has told us, which is why did Hashem gather, sorry, why did Moshe gather the union together in order to facilitate the covenant with Hashem? So why then did the Torah select the word Nitzavim, which is uncommon, instead of the word Oimdim, which is very common? In fact, we even see that language used in our parasha. All those who stand with us today before Hashem. Say Ramizai, further. Actually, when you think about it, not only is it a less common usage of language, it actually doesn't seem to fit the context of our parasha because there's an implication of Nitzavim, and that implication doesn't seem to suit what our parasha is talking about. Why? We actually know this from a negative story, but Rashi says with Dosan and Aviron, when they were Nitzavim, they stood with a certain sense of arrogance Defying Moshe Rabbeinu, Masha Enkin Aloshen Oimdim, which is not relevant in the in the the, the expression Oimdim, like the Amida, which is actually we stand with Bittel, you stand with humility in front of Hashem to Daven. If now we're talking about a gathering where the purpose of the gathering is to make a covenant with Hashem, surely then surely then the people should have been standing there with absolute contrition. And Bittel, you know, willing to hand themselves over to Hashem. 
How does the word Nitzavim fit you? Nitzavim is where you stand with strength. You stand with a sense of ego. How does that fit? You're about to commit yourself to Hashem. That's going to be one of the most humble positions. That's why Rashi had to bring a second explanation. The first explanation tackles most of what we want to consider. We need a second explanation from a Medrash. That in addition to the general message of this piece, which is that Moshe is gathering the Yidden in order to make a covenant with Hashem, and he prepares them for that with the history of, you know, look at all the things that happened. Besides that, the immediate context is we've just heard about the Klolis and the Jews do need to be reassured. That he has to tell them, you know what, you really did actually anger Hashem plenty. And nevertheless, he didn't destroy you. And you still remain and will remain steady in front of him. Then for sure he is emphasizing the word which shows that there's strength. So that that is how we explain why Nitzavim is the word that's used over here because there's other context to the story besides just the fact that you're entering a covenant. You may be fearful because you've just heard all of these terrible curses. If I go with this explanation that Nitzavim means that you can stand with strength and firm and you're not worried, that doesn't only interpret the word Nitzavim for me, it also reinterprets the word today for me. Because what Moshe is doing here is reassuring the people after they've heard the curses. Then logic says the conversation must have followed very closely time-wise, after the curses were said. Then you can't tell me it's the day he passed away. So according to the first explanation, you're about to make a covenant because you're going to enter Eretz Yisrael. It must be on the day that Moshe passed away because that's the closest he can get to them entering Eretz Yisrael. But if I go with this explanation, where Hayom is a reassurance, only Tzavim is a reassurance, don't worry, everything's going to be okay, that reassurance must have happened long before at the time the Teichel was given. Sharei, for two clear reasons. So the first reason, as we already uh, hinted to before, Moshe is not going to wait to encourage people to do mitzvahs until he's about to pass away. He would have done that as soon as possible. And the klolo is a part of that encouragement because sometimes you've got to give the incentive. Sometimes you've got to give the dire warnings. So that would have happened long before, number one. And number two, perhaps even more compelling, it is unthinkable that Moshe would have shared anything negative with the Jews on his last day. In fact, to the contrary, as Rashi says in the beginning of the why Moshe, I mean, the fact is that Moshe blessed them at the, the time that he was about to pass away. Rashi explains why, why you wait to bless until the last minute. So according to this second explanation, where the purpose of the Atem Nitzavim is to reassure them after the Tzoros that they have been through, then Hayoim also has to have a different meaning. 
which has a different explanation to Atem Nitzav, meaning, Now that Rashi is going with this Midrash that says, Atem Nitzavim actually means not only do you survive the curses, but they strengthen you. Those are the things that make you stronger. In that context, the words Hayoy must also be of an encouraging nature. Just like the day will always be there, you'll always be there. Just as the day will always operate as it should, dark light, so you'll always operate as you should. Because if we go with this perspective, all the words of reassurance have to be in proximity to the words of curses. So therefore Rashi also reanalyzes the psukim that precede this pasuk, that they're also words of reassurance. But this, this explanation on its own is also not enough. It's also got its questions, two questions. If this is true, Atem Nitzavim is reassurance after the curses, then Atem Nitzavim should have been straight after the curses. And it should have been before Atem Reisim. Look, you've seen all the great things, which is Moshe's way of encouraging them to keep Torah. Or, if you go with this interpretation of the Medrash, it is part of the reassurance, but it's part of, it's not the intro to the reassurance, so the order doesn't seem right. That you haven't been destroyed, you're still here. And in fact, all the curses are actually strengthening you. So the order is wrong. Question one. Question two. Second of all, if in fact Moshe is reassuring the Jews after the Teichacha, why do the children have to be there? They're little kids. They don't understand all of these curses. They don't need to be reassured. So that's the weakness of this explanation. While it is beautiful and it helps us to understand the word Nitzavim, it raises other questions. Why would the children have to be there? And why would this discussion happen now and not sooner? So therefore Rashi says there's a third interpretation. Because the Yidden were now changing hands from one leader to the next. Therefore he sees the word Nitzavim as meaning that he gave them the strength that they should be able to be not just strong but also enthused about their Judaism. Which would explain why it's Nitzavim linked to the word Matzeva to give them that position of strength. Because it also implies something which in, in excites the people, gives them enthusiasm. If I go with the third explanation, so you know the first thing that happens is I I can go back to saying that Hayom refers to the day that Moshe passed away. We're talking about the handover from Moshe to Yoshua. When else should it be done if not the day that Moshe is going to pass away? It will explain the flow, which the previous explanation didn't. Why first we get Atem Risen, that you've seen all the great things, and now you have to commit to Torah Mitzvah, and only after that Atem Nitzavim. Atem Nitzavim means you're being handed over. 
כן שהדבר צריך להיות סמך לכל האף של המיסוסוי, שיוצא מפרנס לפרנס for logical reason, because when the handover is about to occur, that's when the conversation has to happen. אין גימו מובנס אבוס הטף, שאל גם הם יוצאים באויבים מפרנס לפרנס, and of course you can understand why the children are there, because they're also part of the transfer from Moshe's leadership to Yehoshua's leadership. So what have we got? We've got a key explanation from Rashi that the gathering started already from Vayikra Moshe at the end of Parshas Kisavai and therefore all of the detail of you've seen the miracles and must commit to Torah is just an introduction to the key principle which is let's go before Hashem and commit ourselves to a covenant. It doesn't really explain the word Nitzavim. That's why Rashi went into the second Medrash and said Nitzavim actually is a reassurance after the curses. That, however, moved it away from the day of Moshe's passing, which we were not comfortable with. And uh, therefore, he brings this, the third explanation, which is actually it's the handover time from uh, leader to leader. So what's wrong with the third explanation? Why is that not good enough? Ava Bapir Zakashihu. The problem with the third explanation is, seeing as we're discussing here the handover from one leader to the next, doesn't belong in Nitzavim either. It belongs right at the end. At the end of Pashas Vayelech. When it's really, really the time that Moshe is going to pass away. Why is it mentioned here? Apparently, but prematurely. If I stick with the first explanation, that Moshe gathered them together in order to make a covenant before he would pass away. We know that it's relevant to when they're going to cross the Yarden, so therefore it's got to be close to that time. But it doesn't have to be the very last item on the agenda before Moshe passes away. Because as it is, Moshe can't get it close enough to the time anyway, so he may as well get as close as he can. But with this third explanation that it's the handover from Moshe to Yeshua, you're actually talking about the transfer of leadership. You would have expected it to be literally right at the time of transfer. And commenting on the second interpretation, even though it's quoted from a medrash, guess what? It's also still closer to pshat than the third explanation. That's why the third explanation gets pushed all the way to the end. Chronologically, it's not really a clear picture. And as we're about to discover, the medrash is even closer to pshat. Why? If we go with the third explanation, then this gathering has no connection to the gathering at the end of Pashas Kisavoi. And as we already said before, then the Torah should have announced that there's another gathering happening over here because it doesn't seem logical. There's a gathering to speak about Torah Mitzvahs and there's a gathering to hand over from Moshe to Yoshua and the Torah doesn't distinguish. Whereas if you go with the Medrash, not only is there a nice flow of how Nitzavim follows from Pashas Kisavai, not only is there flow, there's a shared content. The entire gathering is to reassure the Jews after hearing these harsh teichacha, these harsh, harsh curses from the previous parasha. Where the main reassurance is in Nitzavim. And it starts already from Pashas Kisavim. 
all moving towards direction, to get them to have a bris with Hashem. There is some insight from the word Nitzavan that there's an element of reassurance after the curses. And there's also, you cannot get away from the fact that there is a handover of leadership, even though that's not the core main thrust of this particular conversation. So what can that teach us on a deeper spiritual level? As we know, we always be Pashas Nitzavim directly before Hashanah. Which is alluded to when it says, and Hayoim is the day of judgment. It's the day of Rosh Hashanah. So therefore, Rashi tells us that Moshe gathered Eden together before he passed away to make a covenant with them. What does that mean? We've already seen at the end of Pashas Kisava that Moshe gathered the Yidden together to say, you've got to keep Torah Mitzvahs, that's going to connect you to Hashem. Yet there's another purpose to the gathering by virtue of the fact that it's on the day he's going to pass away, which is Yom Din, a day of personal judgment, reflecting Rosh Hashanah, the day of Global judgment. Why does he get them together? He says there's a connection between you and Hashem through Torah Mitzvahs, but now we're going to enter the connection which is a covenant. A covenant is super rational. It represents an essence connection between us and Hashem. That's what Rashi alludes to. He says, this is where you get gathered before Hashem. Or if you want to say even higher. Meaning, Moshe Rabbeinu is contextualizing for them over here an opportunity to connect to Hashem in a way that even Torah and Mitzvahs would be unable to do. How do you get there? First, you've got to start with what Moshe first addresses, Torah and Mitzvahs. Because Torah is the bridge that links us and Hashem. Colossian Hazar, Kvishimubakame, Peomim, like the Zoyar says, Tlas, Kashin, Miskashroin, Do, Bedo, there are three knots that are interlinked. Yisron, Miskashroin, Beiraisab, Beiraisab, Kuchabrichot, the Yidden connect to the Torah and the Torah to Hashem. Now, logic tells you if you have three things, you only need two knots. If this item needs a knot to connect to this item, and this item needs a knot to, to connect to that item. Even if you tie them this way, there's going to be three knots. So it's going to be two knots. Only going to be two knots. So why do we speak about three knots? Because there's the connection between the Yidden to Torah. 
Torah has a connection to Hashem, and therefore the Yidden now have a connection to Hashem that comes to light, even though it's a connection beyond what Torah itself provides. It creates a connection with us and Hashem beyond the connection of Torah. Now that's why you have three knots. So you have Yidden to Torah, Torah to Hashem, Yidden to Hashem, like a circle. It's like I said before, it was wrong, right? First is a line, this point, this point, this point, two knots that connect three things. But then I get the connection between Yidin and Torah, one kind of connection. Connection between Torah and Hashem, another kind of connection, which then facilitates the revelation of a connection between Yidin and Torah that is fundamental. And that's what Moshe is doing. Shmartavasisim to all the Torah mitzvahs, and then Achnisam Bibris will connect to Hashem in a way that's beyond even Torah mitzvahs. That's why you've got to start with the call to keeping Torah But the goal of this gathering is not simply to get everybody to observe, but to get everybody to connect to Hashem from the core of their beings. It's not even good enough to have the connection. The connection that you have at the depth and core of your being to Hashem, at the depth and essence of His being, has to be tangible, has to be relatable. Not only in a spiritual, but even in a physical sense. How does it become a connection in a physical sense? To have revealed brocha from Hashem. That becomes the evidence to this essence connection between us. Just as Hashem wants us, not just to have a an abstract connection and commitment to Him, but a practical connection and commitment that actually translates into Torah and mitzvahs. We ask the same of Hashem, not a theoretical connection, a real connection where we could see the hashpa. That we should see Hashem's love for us translated into real brocha in a tangible sense that we could relate to. And that's the link to the second explanation that Moshe gives, the reass- that Rashi gives, the reassurance of Moshe. Moshe, whose job it is to be the bridge between Yidin and Hashem, Poel is able to impact you. He's able to create a situation where the Yidden stand healthy and solid in front of Hashem. With the ability to stand up proud and strong in a physical sense. And not only that. The difficulties, challenges, and even things we might identify as curses make us stronger. All the terrible things of the past, they all turn into things that are clear, open, apparent. Please God, for all of us, with a